Amy at 50 KFUO 105.3 FM here in St. Louis. We are the messenger of good news. It's time for our moment on the lighter side. I'm Gary Duncan, and uh, let me get my voice ready here. Me, 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 la, 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 la. Let me see here. The battle rages on. That is the battle between Jesus and Satan. The last few weeks, St. Peter of St. Peter's Hook and Crook has been telling us about the face-to-face confrontation that took place between those two opponents in the wilderness. You know, I don't know if you, what do you think about my, my news voice? You like my news yeah, voice? That, that, it's, it's a great voice. I love it, Gary. I love it. I, uh, yeah. yeah, you'd sound like, what was Charles Morrow or whatever the guy's name yeah, was. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, and now we cut away to St. Peter, but now let me get back to my regular voice. I don't want to use my news voice through this whole thing. But No, no, that might strain your throat. Yeah, it may. You, you told me uh, last week that this week you wanted to talk a little bit about the story of their final confrontation between Jesus and the devil. Yeah, that that that's right, Gary. I I just wish I just wish they'd come up with a permanent date for the celebration of Easter, like we do for Christmas. You know, even for an apostle, it's hard to remember when we're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. I actually had more to share with you about the temptation of Jesus, the the first great earthly battle between Jesus and the devil. However, I just realized that Holy Week is right around the corner. (laughs) So I'd better start sharing with you the events of the last great earthly battle between the Lord of life and the Father of lies. But before I describe the battle, I would like to share with you what Jesus did the night before to prepare us for that battle. Ah, I believe you're talking about the events of Monday, Thursday. Ah, that is correct, sir. I, I want to share these events with you, for the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and as Jesus prepared us for the battle, so also he would prepare you. Oh, okay. Please go ahead, Peter. Just how did Jesus prepare you to wage war against the forces of darkness? Well, first, let's tell you a little bit about the disciples and and how we were feeling that Monday, Thursday night. Uh, You know, we met together in an upper room with great excitement and anticipation. Why? What were you excited about? Well, we just knew there there was a great battle ahead. Only at this point... We didn't realize who the enemy would be. Uh, We thought we were going to be fighting against earthly forces, uh, the corrupt Jewish leaders and the Roman oppressors. Well, what made you think you were going into battle? Well, this this was an important week, Gary. It was the week of the Passover. It was a time when the city of Jerusalem swelled with thousands of pilgrims who had come to make their sacrifices and celebrate the Holy Feast. It was a time when Jewish sovereignty was on everyone's mind. Even Jesus had been different that week. (laughs) Frankly, many of us had thought he was too much of a pacifist, or at least that was Judas in my opinion. All he ever talked about was turning the other cheek. However, the last few days things had been different. Why, he had ridden into Jerusalem as a conquering hero, He was surrounded by thousands of Galilean followers waving the palm leaf, symbol of Judean liberation. Now, normally, Jesus would have discouraged such displays of worldly power. But that day, it seemed like he even encouraged it. But I thought I'd wait till next week to tell you about that triumphal entry, the day we now know as Palm Sunday. (laughs) Were there any other reasons you expected a war? 
Yes, uh, the usually peace, love, and Jesus was a man filled with zeal. Why, that Monday he had gone into the temple and thrown out the money changers and the animal dealers with a whip, nonetheless. I do agree that that seemed uncharacteristic of Jesus, but he had done the same thing at the previous Passover and nothing came of it. Why did you think this year would be different? Uh, I don't know for sure. He just seemed so defiant toward the Jewish priests and leaders. I mean, almost like he was intentionally picking a fight with them, daring them to do something. Although, of course, they wouldn't. Why not? They were powerful leaders of the people of Jerusalem. Yes, but they, like their father the devil, were cowards at heart. They were afraid of all these Galilean pilgrims. They wouldn't dare touch Jesus as as long as he stayed with the crowd. (laughs) I think I can see now why you thought something big was going to happen. What was going through your mind that night before the battle? Well, we were thinking about the practicalities of the revolution. Counting our swords, you might say. (laughs) Oh, we got into a heated discussion about what would happen after the war. Why, who would sit at the right and left of Jesus in, in the new regime? There were 12 of us. We couldn't all be generals in the new army, you know. Yes, we we talked about the things that all men talk about on the eve of a great war. We talked about our strength, our victories, and we awaited a final word of valor from our commander-in-chief. And that's why what happened next was so surprising. Why? What happened? Well, there were two things, actually. First... Jesus girded himself with a towel and, and, like a common servant, began to wash our feet. Everyone else simply put up with it, but not me. This was no time for humility. This was a time for courage and daring. I refused to let our mighty Lord play the part of a lowly slave. Oh, yeah, I remember that story. You refused, and he said to you, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Oh, that is correct, sir. I didn't know what to think then. Perhaps he meant that this was to be some symbolic purification ceremony to show our readiness for battle, to show that I was more than willing to give my whole body and life for his cause. I said, then, Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. But he wouldn't allow that either. As I uh, remember it, he replied, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. Yes, and, and at the time, I had no idea what any of that meant. You said that there were two things that were strange that evening. Yes, uh, the other was this. Uh, We were celebrating the traditional Passover meal. Uh, Our minds were racing back to the first Passover when the angel of death struck down the firstborn of the Egyptians. We were thinking how on the morrow we would be God's angels of death, striking down the Roman oppressors and the Jewish hypocrites. But then in the middle of the sacred rite, he went off on a tangent. He, He took the bread and said, This is my body. And then he took the holy cup and said, This is my blood. At first, we thought maybe he was speaking of the bodies and the blood that would be risked in the battle we would wage. But then he went on to say a most peculiar thing. And what was that? He said this was his body and his blood shed for us, for the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness? We weren't concerned about forgiveness. We wanted victory over our enemies. 
Uh, but you see, as I said earlier, that evening we didn't yet realize who the true enemy was and what the true battle would be. I think I understand. You were still preparing for a worldly battle against earthly enemies. You did not yet realize that our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly realm. That is correct, sir. And that is why I wanted to share this story with you. Uh, the battle with Rome and, and the Jewish leaders, it ended ages ago. But our battle with the powers of darkness is a daily one. And I realize now that evening Jesus had given us the greatest armor and weapons with which to fell our spiritual enemy. What is that, Peter? Well, first and foremost, he gave us forgiveness. For with faith and the forgiveness of sins, we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And I think it is important to note our commander-in-chief continues to give us such forgiveness with his body and blood in the Lord's Supper to this day. I can see the importance of the supper and the forgiveness, but why did he wash your feet? Well, I think there was forgiveness there too, don't you? After all, as he said, it was a reminder that we had been cleansed, all of us, our whole body, of our sin. Uh, but the foot washing was also an example of the fruit that sprouts from such forgiveness. What fruit is that? Well, the humble service of our neighbor. You know, the best way to overcome the devil in this world is, is not through a display of force or, or power or glory, <laughs> but in the humble acts of service to our family, friends, and co-workers. Uh, together, in faith and the forgiveness of sins, and in the fruit of that faith, which is the love of the neighbor, we shall be mighty soldiers in the army of our God. Well, thank you for that very practical information for uh, all of us onward Christian soldiers. What are we going to talk about next, Peter? Well, as I said, I would like to backtrack a little uh, to Jesus' triumphal entry into the capital of the enemy. And the week after that, I will describe the great final battle itself. Until then, Gary, so long. So long, Peter. And that was a report from St. Peter on the battlefront. We'll join him again next time here on the news station, KFUO. Well, the good news station, KFUO, the messenger of good news.